Everybody please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio, that's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz, I'm your director of fun and games for the evening, and we have a packed house tonight. I am joined by the fly by herself, Kelly Henkel. It's just me and yeah, Taylor. And that's it, yeah, Taylor's here Taylor too. Taylor can pop in if he wants to. Yeah, any, anything, <laughs> anything you want to add, Taylor, feel free tonight. Just don't ask me about hockey. <laughs> Just don't ask me about it. No. <laughs> Once again, we, uh, yeah, I love the whatever. I don't think I actually put it under literally anything else this week. When I ask for suggestions for the literally anything else segment and people suggest flyers topics like i think you're missing the point of this segment but also we never talk about them people demand flyers talk even on whatever today august 13th and we are here Mm -hmm. to give it to them uh and here's here's where i want to start tonight kelly uh with baseball of course no uh today the philadelphia phillies pulled a very flyers move they brought back Charlie Manuel, the all-time winning, winningest manager in club history and one of only two Phillies managers to win the World Series in their 136-year history. Uh, and, of course, they brought him back to work under manager Gabe Kapler, who nobody likes, as the team's <laughs> hitting coach. Man, this just, it's, I know you don't baseball. It's just so funny to see another team reach into the orange and black bag of tricks. I had a lot of thinking that I did today about the idea of a hitting coach like how many <laughs> variables are there in hitting like the ball comes you hit the ball yeah like are there angles like and is there a way you hold the bat like what do you i don't get it it's so individual for I each guess. person that i a lot of these guys work with their own coaches bryce harper today basically said yeah i don't give a shit <laughs> like so like it doesn't really matter but oh, yeah. when the team is is uh you know floundering and you people do are something. mad it's yeah. like let's make a panic move of course the time to make panic moves is like june or july here we are in mid-august but i digress because i wanted to ask this just got me thinking say on thanksgiving the flyers aren't what we think they could be what former member of the organization could they bring in to like get people back on board like what would it have to be uh, okay so <laughs> when i first thought about this question i was just thinking about people that i liked i wasn't yeah, yeah. i wasn't really thinking about what other fans would like because okay. i don't care about them um so like initially i'm like oh well, yeah bill barber Bring him back. Yeah. Best yeah. coach in Flyers history. Yeah. 420 goals. Yeah. Bring him right back. Um, But I'm trying to think who people would get pumped about. Yeah. Like. Briz. Put Briz, Briz behind the Briz bench. Briz there for me. <laughs> like as any, literally in any role. Yeah. In any, like in the, uh, between the benches role or something. That would Just because it would be so, uh, first of all, half the people hate him <laughs> and the other people just get off so much on how people hate him yeah. that it would just be, you and know. he's hilarious. So yeah. He's like the funniest dude. So it would be, it would be the chaos I enjoy. Uh, like I'm just, like it would take. Uh, like Dave Schultz being the penalty oh, kill yeah. coach, coach. Like, yeah, one uh, of the, bringing that grit. 
It would have to be one of those guys is like the only thing I think that would like immediately yeah. get people pumped. It, like, would it have to be a bully? Probably. Yeah. Like who else could it be? Like it's Clarky's 70th birthday. Another thing I learned today, we're going to talk about this a little later, but it's got to be something. There's got to be something to Bob Clark and Carter Hart sharing a birthday, right? Of course right? there is. Yeah. Right. Because Carter Hart was sent to us by the gods. Yeah. To save all of our lives. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. yeah I just, I, I was just laughing at the Phillies today and I was like, wait, the Flyers would do this and oh, have totally. many times. It would probably just be like Holmgren, Clark, like what, whatever Perrant, <laughs> like whatever guys are always hanging what around. Would we have to it would be one of them. Like somehow we get Baruby back. <laughs> like y'all hated him the first time, but he won a cup and we just stole him. So yeah. it's something. Make Riley Cote head coach and see if he can do a Baruby. Make Riley Cote head coach and just talk about hemp for like every post game press conference. Real talk, I would like Riley Cote as an assistant. I freaking love Riley. Yeah. I just enjoy Riley Cote. I he think was a he's good great. coach with yeah, the Phantom. He was fine. People seem to like him. Uh, but we uh, let's get into some stuff. So. What we started last week with the honorable mentions and number 25, we are continuing this week, of course, on BroadStreetHockey.com. It is that time of year again. We do it twice every calendar year. It is the top 25 under 25. Since we last talked to you, we have named numbers 24 through 19, and we're just going to run through those. Uh, we're just going to run through those and see how they match up with our assessments. Let's start it off with number 24. Uh, who was 25? Like? I already can't remember. It's um, Hog. The, yeah. yeah 30, the to 30 to 50 Hogs. Uh, yeah. Feral Hogs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Linus. Linus Hogberg. Hogberg. Yeah, Linus Hogberg yeah. was 25. Uh, number 24. Man, he people were so excited about. It. Well, it was split because he was a high school pick. It was Hextall's last first round pick. Uh, Jay O'Brien down to twenty four this year. Really, really struggled one year at Providence, and uh, you know now he's no longer even in the NCAA. And I didn't have him ranked, fam. He didn't fall into my top 25 um listen he could very well bounce back sure but it's kind of just look at the the names on this list there's a lot of good ones there's a lot of productive players who didn't make some people's lists uh so kelly what do you think about jay o'brien at the you know tail end of this top 25 i mean it's hard to argue with the idea that he is at the tail end or not on the list um yeah. i had him at 23 he obviously had a very rough year. Um, a lot of it was due to injury, but also he just played like crap, and now he's paying for it. But in my mind, I'm kind of hoping that this whole thing lights a fire under his ass. Yeah. And he just works and works and works to prove to people that he's not a failure. Um and then, you know, turns into something. Yeah, and one year out of high school, it's really yeah. hard to say what anybody is. Yeah. Uh, this is just kind of, you know, Cam York's in my, in my top ten. Yes, everyone thinks he's going to be great, but there is, of course, recency bias. Right. When they start, oh, yeah, we drafted him, and people, the, the first comparison I see is the Brian Leach. Like, oh! <laughs> that would be fun. The guy I always put on the flyers in my video game franchise. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's yeah. always good to expect that yeah. an 18-year-old is going to turn into Brian Become Leach. the best American yeah. born defenseman of yeah. all time. <laughs> yeah, but it's there, there's that recency bias there. So, Jay Bryan, bad season, down to 24. Jay O'Brien. Uh, I, I don't really have a problem. Like, he probably was 26 or 27 for yeah. me. Uh, at number 23, a guy... 
he might not have made the list if not for my 11th place vote I gave him. <laughs> Igor Zamula at number 23. Uh, you ranked um, him because of his name, right? That and, yeah, he got me... Uh, Earlier this season, he got me like six free months of EliteProspects.com when they said, uh, hey, tweet us your favorite hockey names. I was like, this guy, I mean, come on, Igor Zamula. But I got to say, all jokes aside, the comparisons to Phil Myers, at least early on, certainly there. Uh, He joins the Flyers as an undrafted rookie last year, earns a contract in camp, and proceeds to break out in a crazy fashion. Uh, just scoring at, at a ridiculous clip for anyone, including a defenseman. Uh, what do you? I, I just, man, I just really liked his camp last year. I loved what I saw saw out of him in the preseason. Uh, he can move the puck, and he wasn't afraid to be physical, which I really liked about him. Uh, Igor Zamula, I think, has a lot of room to move up from number twenty three. It certainly seems like it. I didn't rank him. Um... And this is one of those times when I think back to what past Kelly was thinking when she filled out this spreadsheet. And I don't quite remember the thought. I think it might have just been that I started ranking people. And by the time I got to like 17, it was like way too late to put Igor Zamola on the and list. It's just so it's like, like you get to a certain, yeah. you know, there's the top of the list and we're all going to have, I'm going to guess the same 10 yeah. guys in a different order in the top 10. Well, but I, like 20 to 25 for me, I, I yeah. really think it's like super, super subjective. And, and there's and, also, go ahead. No, I was just going to say like a Charlie, when he did his ranking on The Athletic, um, made it pretty clear that Zamola is a is a project. Oh yeah, he like he's, if he's going to make it, it's going to be a while, and they're going to have to do a lot yeah. of work on him. And there's also just so many defensemen. Yeah. Like I, I'm sitting, not to spoil what's about to come, but like how do you rank? How do you rank Hague and Moran? Like oh, I know how I rank them. I, I, I but they're in the <laughs> NH. Like like it or not, and this is hockey man thinking. Like well, Andrew McDonald's in in the NHL, so he's an NHLer. Robert Hague's in the NHL, yeah. so he's an NHLer. How do I like rank him a certain way? But, we'll get to it. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll absolutely get to it. But first, your favorite prospect at yep. twenty two, Felix the Cat Sandstrom, Sandstorm, as some of the children call him, uh, didn't make my top. Top 25 just based on a down injured season. Listen, I think he's got maybe the biggest bounce back. He and Jay O'Brien, biggest uh, like jump potential for this list when we do the winter rankings. But he started to he started to bounce back once he, he got did. Healthy, I just yeah. I just think he hasn't played enough hockey in the last like two plus seasons. That's I mean that's totally fair. Um, I'm super pumped that he's starting to turn things around because I like this kid from the jump. Um, for complete, like again, my completely amorphous ranking metric yeah. that I use for these things. I just liked him from the jump. I thought that he was going to be a really good goaltender. Now it's looking like he might be, and I'm super excited to see what he's going to do in the AHL because I think that's really going to tell us what kind of player he's going to oh, be. Oh yeah, when we redo this in the winter, he might be in the top 10, 15. Like it, it mm-hmm. could very easily. I think he and O'Brien are the guys with the biggest jump potential, uh, just because. We have, like, who's actually seen him play outside of some World Junior right. stuff? And I mean, like, the idea of a Carter Hart, Felix Sandstrom, ta- like, goalie tandem, it's in my dream. mind, is not out of the question. It's the dream. Yeah, like, it's not going to happen next year, but two or three years down the line, that could be a thing. Make it happen at the All-Star break. I wouldn't hate it. Why not? We'll see how Brian's it's doing. Not, He's going to try real hard. I, 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 You know, I respect him. <laughs> I don't. I don't anticipate positive results, but I respect the hell out of Brian Elliott. He's he's going to try his best. Uh, I'm going (laughs) to lump these two together because I had them 
ranked next to each other, but in reverse order in these mm-hmm. same two mm-hmm. spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, on our T25, U25 list on BroadStreetHockey.com, Haig is 21, Moran is 20. I had Moran at 21, Haig at 20. Uh, I just, listen, I know it's fun now to pile on to Robert Haig. We've all decided he's no good, and I agree. I just think if we're going to rank these two guys, like I said, I understand it's hockey man thinking, but Robert Haig has played two full seasons in the NHL, and Samuel Moran is lucky to be in an NHL press box right now. Again, this could absolutely change if all of a sudden Moran's playing and Haig is sitting, but at this moment, how did this ranking work out for you, and what do you think of their placement on this list? So I dislike both of these players yeah. pretty but that's, forcefully. I think the reason I think Moran is ahead in this uh, in our ranking is because people dislike Haig and don't know about Moran, Moran yet. Well, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. I think that when people do these rankings, potential plays a large sure. part in the yeah. way that they do the, this. And when you look at Robert Haig, I didn't rank him. When you look at Robert Haig, we know what he is. Is he an NHL defenseman technically? Yes, because a coach played him NHL minutes for some reason. But he's not good. And he shouldn't probably be a regular NHL defenseman. And we know that for a fact. Like, that is things that we've seen with our eyes. The numbers bear it out. He's not good at playing hockey. Sam Moran, I personally don't think he's going to turn out to be very much. Like, maybe a five like at maximum who like might be good at killing penalties but at least with Sam Moran you could argue because you don't know and a bunch of people who presumably know about hockey took him incredibly high in a draft you think okay maybe that's maybe someone will be able to coax something out of him like maybe the right coach will be able to get him to play well and so you think to yourself okay if I'm thinking about a guy who's actually bad and I know it and a guy who I think might be bad, but I don't know for sure. For me, the guy that I don't know for sure gets ranked higher. And of course, not to be outdone at number 19, the only guy who's played less in the NHL than <laughs> Samuel Moran, Mark Friedman, with all of one game. And I know a lot of people are high on Friedman. There's that, uh, you know, people think he has the puck moving potential. They just like his skill set more than a Hager Moran. But my God, this is a complete unknown. Is he, though? I mean, he's so he's a very, very good AHL defenseman. We know that for sure. Do it, we? Yeah, we do. He's good. He's good with the Phantoms. He's good. I mean, I don't see a lot of Phantoms game because driving to Allentown is an absolute nightmare and I won't do it. But the people for the site who do, Maddie and Brad, they like Friedman. And I trust that if they're watching him and they think he's good, he's probably good. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that he's good. I just... It's, I don't. The thing with Friedman, we have this ranking of NHLer, borderline NHLer, one game in the last freaking game of the season, and it's backwards. I, I just think that with Friedman, under normal circumstances, if you don't have a coach that insists on playing Andrew McDonald and Robert Haig all the time for some reason, Mark Friedman's probably your five or six. Like, he's the guy that in an organization that wasn't stacked with prospect talents at defense, he would be the next guy up. If you didn't have a Phil Myers waiting, Friedman would be the next guy in line. He's good. He's not great. But I think that having someone like him in the organization is important because when a defenseman goes down, you don't have to rely on some piece of garbage to fill that spot. You can call up Friedman, and he's going to play a pretty good game for you. Yeah, and that's... I will say, again, like, we, we rank these guys, and 
I don't hate the idea of any of them filling in or like any of them could play on your third pair. That's if they're your five or six, you could get by with any of these. If your yeah. top four is real good, you could get by with any of these guys. It's just kind of how coaches assess them at a certain point, and oh, we're gonna look at size. We we're gonna look at role, and very few coaches play their you know. 18 best skaters, no. regardless of... Because that would be crazy. Why no, would it would be absolutely yeah. ridiculous. We live in a world where Dave Haxtell is still considered <laughs> good at dealing with young players. Oh, God. I, Did you read that ha- shit today? I was just going to say, we have to talk about that we for We have to. It's not on the outline, but... Okay. To think... Go ahead. Set it up. I don't know if anybody... If you guys saw it, I'm sure that you did. Um, one of the Leafs writers for The Athletic, which the is Leafs. a sports website, I think. Yeah. I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. anyway. Um, wrote an article kind of... Looking back to Dave Haxtell's time in North Dakota to determine what kind of guy they had in Dave Haxtell now that he's an assistant there. And I can't think of anything funnier than the fact that they're just ignoring the entire tenure in Philadelphia to learn what kind of coach he is. Like, I can tell you. And like, it's not good. This idea that uh, just think about what Leafs fans, and I follow a bunch of them on Twitter because their meltdowns are like better than ours. Like it's so good. Imagine it being like if the Flyers meltdowns, like it's like watching an Eagles meltdown, but on ice. It's so good. (laughs) I I love it so much. And I like, I enjoy Toronto. I I like watching them play. I'm not crazy about them like you and, uh, like you and Steph are. I just like Mitch Marner. Yeah. Mitch Marner's fun. I like all, but my God, the stuff they complain about, it's like if you thought Babcock and his defensive pairings and the way he wanted to set yeah. up his bottom six and his third pair, guess who's going to be the ultimate on board with playing your grinder over your good player? He's like a worse <laughs> version of Mike Babcock. Yeah, like It's going to be so good. Yeah, it's all the bad shit of Bab- yeah. Babcock without any sort of NHL pedigree whatsoever. <laughs> Just non-playoff teams dressing worse players over better players. Like in his last game here, he said, actually bad, Yuri Laterra is going to play over possibly good Oscar Lindblom. Yeah, it was a... That like was Brandon Manning the most and Andrew McDonald stuff. played regularly over Travis Sanheim. Regularly. So you can kind of see why they might want to just uh, ignore, ignore that. And like, let's just pretend Dakota. that didn't happen. Yeah. In North Dakota, he did a lot of good things, like never win a championship <laughs> with a school that wins championships constantly. And like... I can't, (laughs) like, the talent disparity between your starters and the guys on, like, just on your practice squad in college, I can't imagine, at the same time, the talent disparity between Travis Sanheim and Brandon Manning is immense, and he was like, no, I'm going to go with Brandon Manning. But, no, I just had to laugh when I saw that shit today. That was so good. And just, I freaking freaking lost it. That, and I know, I know it's not ice sport, but there was also a... We can do plenty of ice sport today. A Damian Cox article in the Toronto Star that suggested perhaps it's best that the Leafs just don't sign Mitch Marner. Yeah, like, (laughs) just just let him. Just let him. Mm -mm, We don't need him. Don't need him. I'm glad you brought up Mitch Moore because I do want to get into this because yeah. I, you know, I always, especially in the summer, I just eventually give up and put it out on Twitter. Ask what people want to know about, want to hear us talk about, and there is still grave concern over the Provorov and Konechny. Uh, they are unsigned, restricted free agents, and I get it. We don't like seeing that little RFA bubble next to their names on Cap Friendly. We want them in the fold. We want them signed. The sooner the better. And I absolutely agree. They are two of our most important pieces. They need to be signed. But this is kind of a league-wide issue. Yep. It's not just the Flyers. Now, the Flyers have two. 
and it's, you know, two guys we really, really like, but... I want to run through this list of names, and we've done this before, but just so people get an idea of what's going on around the league with these restricted free agents. Uh, Last year, Mitchell Marner, 94 points in 82 games. Restricted free agent, unsigned. Braden Point, 92 points in 79 games, unsigned. Ranton in 87 and 74. Kachuk, uh, Matthew Kachuk, that is, 77 and 80. Kyle Connor. What was it, 66 and 82? Brock Besser, 56 and 69. Nice. Patrick <laughs> Line, 50 and 82. There's TK there with 49 points in 82 games. Uh, Zach Wierenski is unsigned. Colin White, Kevin Fiala, Anthony D'Angelo, Charlie McAvoy. I mean, go to Adrian Kempe. Uh, so many names uh, until you get to Provorov here, Pavel Zaka, uh, Ivan Barbashev. Uh, most of the league's like top restricted yeah. free agents are, uh, which remain is, unsigned. Which is actually, it's actually getting super interesting to me just because we know that we're heading into a lockout. Actually, probably not a lockout this time, probably a Could player a strike. strike. I Could think be it, a strike. It, in my mind, it ought to be a player strike, specifically for this kind of reason, in that like that, that Cox article argued that these guys that are holding out, and it did mention Point along with Marner, that they're asking for too much, that they're not worth this money. But in reality, because they're only restricted, they don't have a ton of years behind them, like this whole process is stupid. But the fact of the matter is, like in a world where you're just purely evaluating talent, Mitch Marner is worth $12, $13 million a season to the Leafs. Like, he absolutely is. But he can't be paid that much because of the salary cap. Yeah, uh, that's uh, hockey. Just the the finances of hockey. It's and the way, bad. Like, when you look at every other sport and the star, compa- like, Connor McDavid at 12 and he's the highest, like, yeah, it's n- no. Jesus. And it, it's going to be really interesting, I think, because obviously, as we all know, what's happening is that these guys are waiting for one guy to make a move, set the market, and then go from there. But I'm wondering how long all of these guys, because like you said, it's a lot of them and it's a lot of really good players. Like these aren't just, you know, middle of the pack players that are sitting here waiting for contracts. These are really good players. It's going to be interesting to see how long they're willing to wait for that market to get set. Like, no, I mean, Mitch Marner, Braden Point, Miko Rantanen, that would be like the best line in the league. Right, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's a team I would watch. Like, these teams need these players, but at the same time, they're completely hamstrung by a salary cap that is entirely too low given what these players yeah, bring and- in for their employers. Like, it's just... They got to do something about this. And I was real. I really thought we were getting to a point where front offices would. Uh, that's my headphones. There we go. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought. I thought we were getting to a point where front offices realized, like, all right, seven plus million dollars, seven plus year deals for guys at twenty eight, twenty nine, into their thirties. Bad idea. Yeah. But you know what happens? When guys hit unrestricted free agency, they're looking to get paid for the whole time they were underpaid. There's a way to stop that, and it's to pay guys when they're in their primes. And guess what? Primes are like 23 to 27 now. It's different. Yeah. So pay them for when they're actually productive, and then you can get them at the discount where they're actually worth when they hit that unrest. They don't feel like they have to get paid right. for, past, for past performance because they actually had fair market deals, but that's not the way you know this league's ever going to do business. So here yeah. we are. Uh, and like, like I, I guess when you have uh, the market already set 
in your own roster. Yeah. Like that's and that's the other thing that's really take, stupid. What would it take for a guy to make more than Giroux? Yeah. Like who would it be? And that's the thing, like Provorov is kind of asking yeah. to get paid more than Giroux, which understanding and he that, signed that contract a while exactly. ago. Exactly. You factor that yeah. in, but at the same time it's like mm, yeah, you know. Like, you played shitty in your contract year, buddy. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to tell you. When you have Tavares and Matthews sitting there, it's like, how do you ask for more than them? And it's like, because my contract's up now. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and maybe the answer is that these guys stop signing eight-year RFA deals and they do two or three years at whatever these teams are willing to pay them and then go for it. Yeah. But it's just, it's not it's not good all around. The system isn't That's working. The, I understand the, how do you turn down the money when it's in front of you? It, it's hockey. It's guaranteed. It's not like football where I, I, know. Need, I need to get my yeah. guarantee because that's it. Like, if you take your bridge, you'll get another deal. Like, yeah. I guess I wish the players would realize that. I don't want to, like, I want to freaking long term all these guys. I was bummed that Sandheim got a bridge Big because time. I wanted him for eight freaking years. But I also want to, I, I just, I just know that this salary cap is stupid and it's going to, I'm just, it. I'm just at the point where. If Ivan Provorov isn't dressed for the first game of the season, I don't think I'm going to be surprised. Konechny, I would be surprised. Really? Provorov, I'm not sure because I just don't. I don't know. Like the, we haven't heard anything, anything about the contract talks between those two parties. Nothing, nothing like, at that's all. The like, and there's an update every single day about Mitch Marner. Yeah, and like if Wierenski isn't signed, like I, I don't think that Provorov is going to sign until Wierenski is signed. Yeah, and, and Warinsky might be saying, I'm not going to sign until Provorov signs because those are the two that are really comparable and you just don't know what's going to happen with either of them. There are so many chips waiting to fall and nobody wants to go mm-hmm. first. And I don't blame the players for wanting the most they can get. No, of course not. I wish we could... I just wish... I want to get rid of all salary caps in all sports. All They're stupid. Um, if you don't want to... A sports team, if you don't treat it like a boat... It's just for you. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, if you think no. that this is your primary source of income, you're running your team wrong, sell it. You have the money. You rich asshole. Yeah. You're a billionaire. Yeah. All these teams, like you can say, oh, the teams are, if you were to sell the team right now, what would you get for it? So much. Yeah. Like, so I, I don't want to hear, oh, well, we'd lose. No, you ne- wouldn't. Never you wouldn't ev- lose money. No. If you're going to, if you're, if you have that kind of money to own a team and you're afraid of losing it, you're fine. your accountant sucks. Yeah. Like, come on now. Uh, but I, I just. Uh, yeah, I'm never going to side I with just, management. If we're not going to get rid of the salary cap, a soft cap where we can like. Luxury tax. Pay, even just the ability to pay players you drafted. More yeah. than like the max level, and it cuts off at a like certain level. Like no, the NBA. that makes sense. Like where you have someone's bird rights, and you can say, "All right, we drafted this guy; he's ours." And if we pay him at fifteen, it's only going to count for ten. Like something like that. Yeah, uh, that sort of situation. We can go over the cap to re-sign your own players. That wouldn't be bad, just because at. at- like, sure, if you want to go out and go on a spending spree in free agency, we'll count that against you. But for your own guys, why are teams who draft well getting punished? That's the thing. Like after two or three years of drafting well, you're completely fucked. You have to blow up your team. Like that's that doesn't seem good for the game. It doesn't at no. all. No. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's just disincentive to do a good job. Right. It, it's, it's, it's all stupid. None of it's working. All right. Speaking of stupid. <laughs> We're moving on to another favorite topic of mine. Lists. More lists. Love a list. Lists, baby. Lists. Uh, 
NHL Network after last week's uh, what was it, top twenty centers that excluded yeah. top five center Sean Couturier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've moved on to the league's top wingers. And uh, at least they remembered Claude Giroux was a winger this time. He comes in at number 12. Let's read off this top 20 wingers list and see if we can pick it apart just a bit. Coming in at number one, Nikita Kucherov. Hard to argue after yeah. after a Hart Trophy season. He had the best scoring season in like 30 years. Yeah, uh, he's, he's He's incredible. Number two, Patrick Kane. Uh, Kane's awesome. I don't know if I'd put him ahead of number three, Alex Ovechkin. Just because, no. I mean... Mark it down, fifty goals. It's hard for me to. It's hard for me yeah. to take anyone over Ovi. I understand Kucherov, but it would be real tough for me to have him below two. Uh, after him, Brad Marchand. Bit high. Then Mitch Marner. Uh, Marsh, like he's. Good. But I know he's good, but it is he the fifth best winger in the NHL? Marchand. Yeah. Yeah. You like, think I, he had a hundred point? Like I know he's an asshole, and like that. Like, I don't. But. I, Man, he's I'm really. If this. he could cut that, there's so many good players on this list though. Like Let's Mitch, yeah, go through it. Yeah, Mitch Marner uh, at number what five, uh, Drysaitel, Goudreau, Artemi Panarin, Miko Rantanen, David Pasternak, uh, Blake Wheeler, then Claude Giroux at twelve. Yay! Then Mark Stone, Vladimir Tarasenko, Taylor Hall, one year removed from an MVP season. Uh, he's at <laughs> what 13, 14, 15. Uh, Huberdeau, Matthew Kachuk, Gabriel Landeskog, Patrick Laine, Phil Kessel, Phil, Phil the Thrill, all the way down at twenty, still making it. Yeah, I, he's definitely. I just like so many of these guys seem so low. It's again, but with these it, like lists, there's so many, it, yeah. like especially at wing where yeah. there's two of right. them. Like, I just. Like this, like the center list. I just wonder how they decided. Like the metrics seem weird to me. Are we going all time? Are we going last season? Like I, uh, like Wheeler ahead of Giroux. That's weird. Mark Wheeler Stone ahead of the four guys he's ahead of. Right yeah, there. like Mark like Stone, Stone all the way down five. there. Yeah, he's super good. Like I, I mean, I love Claude Giroux, but Mark Stone's better than Claude yeah, Giroux right no, now. So like I, I mean, mean, yeah, Taylor Hall all the way down there is a little bit weird. Yeah, I, I guess he was hurt and yeah. coming on like I, I don't know. I, yeah, I just, these lists are just I know whatever. lists are lists. You're supposed to argue them. It's just that people are like, oh my god, Jeru's twelfth. Like I, I feel, I feel like that's could, a good spot. I mean, we could rearrange the top twelve here in any yeah. order, and it's uh, okay. Yeah, I mean the top fifteen really. Yeah, I. I yeah. I would take Stone that low is the one that's I was the like, weird one. Wow, really? Like I would if I were drafting a team and I had Mark Stone and Brad Marchand in front of me, I would take Mark Stone before China. I took Brad Marchand. I'm looking at Mitch Mourner's rank and just thinking like, is he just sliding this? Like, hey, <laughs> put I'll me take, up there. I'll take Ovi and Kane money, no yeah, problem. Come on, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I, it was just something that came across. Drew at 12. It was nice to see. At least they at, remembered he's a winger. Right. Number one, they remembered he's a winger. Number two, Jeremy they Roenick, remember he exists. Jeremy Roenick did not in no. his initial list. Jeremy Roenick, I don't think, remembers a lot of things. Um, but also, I mean, you know, 12th best winger in the league is like a pretty nice little spot for yeah, Claude Giroux. Like, I'm, I'm into it. That would mean like he's on an all-star team. Yeah. Like if you're looking at. Like, you know, on Team Canada, possibly. Yeah. Well, mm. not Team Canada. He's not no. part of the club. That's true. Yeah, he's not part Never of Crosby's gonna be. inner circle. We need, to have, <laughs> we need to have all his friends. Yeah. Just, you know, because we have him. Yeah. Um. So, I mentioned earlier, 
It's Carter Hart's 21st birthday. Uh, all the beers for Carter. All all the beer. I'm the sure beers. he's never had one before, so yeah. it's good you know, that being now a he Canadian can get one. citizen and he's mm-hmm. been able to drink for three years. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's Carter Hart's 21st birthday, and I know like he's young. I have him ranked number one. Uh, so uh, oh, big shocker. Yeah. I have him ranked number one on my top 25 under 25 list. And if I had to guess. I'm just guessing. I'm not privy to any of this information. They don't show me. Um, I'm just the podcast host of Broad Street Hockey. <laughs> but I'm willing to guess he's going to finish number one. I will spoil this by telling you that this was the first time unanimous? I think ever in history that we had a unanimous number one. Wow. Yeah. yeah. 30 games. How about that? 30 games in. We, we are had, just all in. But it's I, We know he's young. He's at the top of this under 25 list. We've been hearing about him for a few years. We finally got our, our eyes on him and we liked what we saw. And now the hopes and dreams of this small, of this mere child. The, like all of our hopes and dreams yeah. are riding on this mere child. Yeah. Because at 21, my God, like I was thinking about what I was doing in 2009 when I turned 21. I wasn't um, carrying an NHL franchise in one of the five biggest cities in the country on my back, (laughs) I'll tell you that. No, and like super calmly and, you know, super level-headed and not crazy. Like 21-year-olds are not typically very smart. No. He seems like a very level-headed, intelligent kid. He does. He does. Uh, I have a friend who is... um, Major, he got his master's in sports psychology, and he's uh, working in a lot of the things that we've learned about through Carter Hart. And I want to have him on at some point this uh, this summer, maybe in just like Ooh, yeah, I'm gonna do be fun. some sort of content yeah. with my buddy uh, and talk to him just about all those different mental strategies and how athletes apply them, and just little uh, little insights into that that realm that we're starting to hear more and more about. But right now, I want to celebrate Carter Hart and his greatness by taking a look back. At just some of our all-time favorite Flyers goalies, and a little bit of a just a throwback to how we got here. It is Kelly. Looking at the list, it's yeah, just I, you have the list in front of you. Who really stands out? We had like so one of the things that I mentioned to Bill before we started the show when I pulled this list up is that I forget that Steve Mason is technically the third best goaltender in Flyers history. And like behind Hextall and Parent, yeah, low bar. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, there aren't a lot of no, once you get past Bernie two of those is, guys. Yeah, Bernie is one of the greatest ever. Hextall had a had quite a run here, yeah. uh, especially in his first time around. And then, but even what like, else is there? Yeah, nah, it's just it's just funny to me because the level of respect that was given to Steve Mason by the Flyers fan base during his time here was so low that you it's easy to forget that he was actually quite good here. Um, but yeah. yeah, he was he was really good for. Uh, but then he wasn't, and he, he had, he had the injury yeah. issues, and like I understood why maybe he wasn't the most well liked in a locker room. And I get like, yeah. when Jake Voracek says something like, "Hey, we need to be better defensively. We need to do this. We need to." Even if he's not talking about himself, people respect it because he plays. Um, he doesn't kill penalties or, but he has more than just one you know role. Yeah. And no one's ever allowed to say anything except, like, if a goalie has a terrible game, you go, he battled. Oh, no, that wasn't on him at all. Like, you never, ever say anything about the goalie. And Steve Mason, while he was just talking about himself as part of the team, when he says, man, we got to be better in the neutral zone. Man, we got to be better on the power play. 
You don't do those things. Yeah. So, like, I get why there might be at least some resentment there. Uh, end of the day, suck it up. He's your teammate, oh, and yeah. um, you're not a very good team, so deal with it. Yeah. Like, he's not saying anything that isn't true. But I get locker room dynamics and just the relationship goalies have to their teammates and everything. I get it. Who's your favorite random Flyers goaltender? Man, it's not necessarily random, but I just, like, Roman Czechmonic. That was a fun Look time. At his freaking numbers. Three seasons, 2001, 2000-2001, 2001-02, 2002-03. All right? His first year, his rookie se- I mean, he's 29, so he comes yeah. over from, uh, where was he, Russia or Czech? Uh, what, what is he? I, I, can't I think he was in the KHL. He, KHL, right? At 29, he comes over, plays in 59 games, has a 921 save percentage, 201 goals against, and 10 shutouts. He's an all-star. He's fourth in Hart Trophy voting, and he's second in the Vezina. He was he was supposed to be the savior yeah. at, at the time. Yeah. Second year, uh, let's see, 921 save percentage again, 205 goals against, four shutouts in 46 games. And then in 0203, 925 with a 183. In 58 games, he had a sub two goals against average. And uh, yeah, we have we, he's seventh in Vezina somehow. I guess he didn't have enough shutouts or something. And the Flyers win the Jennings. Of course, he gets lumped. Uh, Boucher gets lumped in there with him uh, because they both started some games. But man, like he somehow- was so good. And then we get to the playoffs, especially the, like oh my god. Three three twelve goals against yeah. with an eight ninety one. Uh, his second year, it's only four games. We got swept. Uh, that I think oh one oh two is the year we set the record for fewest goals in a five game series. I think that, that was the one against right. the Senators. We had two goals in five games. Um, he had a nine three six and a one eight five with one shutout, and we went down in five games. He played four of them. It's wild to me that that whole story ended with like his teammates firing pucks at his head during practice. Yeah, and then of course a nine oh nine with a two one four and his fine. That might I can't remember which year. He, uh, the year yeah. he walked off the ice had to be the year his last it year. It had right? to be, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it must have been oh two. I can't remember it, but yeah, freaking Czechmonic man. Ooh, like what a time. A perfect example, like. Uh, a guy we were maybe a little too hard on yeah. because, like, that small saint. Like, me yeah. now would look back at my Czechmonic takes then and be like, he's a choker. Be like, yeah, he's probably um, – just wait on that. Just – yeah. He'll be good one it's of like these. It's like the Bob thing. Yeah. Yeah. Came no, back. It's... Yeah, we did We did that whole thing again. Yeah, no, it's, oh, he's bad in the playoffs <laughs> until he isn't. Right. And then, yeah, your two-time Vezina winning trophy goalie is probably good. You know, like, yeah. I just – it's like this, the same thing as these Carson Wentz takes. Well, we don't know if he's good in the playoffs. I'm like, we know he's a good player. So chances are he's a good player. Yeah. Like, even if he has, good players tend to be good yeah, players. Even if he has a bad playoff, he, he'll probably have a good one next time. Yeah. Like, I, I just, it's crazy to me. Uh, I love Boosh, man. I, I love I, was just I big, love Boosh. Like that, uh, what year What year do we get? That's 2000, 2001? Which one are you talking well, about? Lindros's last. Uh, when, uh, those playoffs, he played two games. I think that was 2001. Is that 2001? He comes in and he just tears it up, leads us to Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals, replaces Beezer. Yeah. Beezer's a guy, I forgot that he was like... He played a lot of games here. 
I forgot that he was actually good his he first was. season here. Yeah. Uh, like, for everyone who was like, oh, my God, we should have uh, we should have signed Cujo. Cujo. That was yeah. the thing then. In, uh, yeah. In, in Beezer's first year here, 98-99. Damn it. It unloaded here. Where are we? 98-99. 62 games, 27-18 and 15. Uh, 902 save percentage, 219 goals against. Uh, like, that's respectable. Yeah, six shutouts. He was decent. Like, and that's, you know, it's the 90s. The yeah. save percentages yeah. are not exactly what they are now. But, like, he wasn't bad at all. Uh, we had a lot of goaltenders that were good to start and then just rapidly went to shit. Yeah. It's kind of like the thing that happens here. Like Peter Morozik was good for a day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a solid forty-five minutes. Of uh, excellent like, hockey who else? from him. Um, I think it was Nitamaki in his first game shut out the Devils or beat the Devils like two to one. And I was like, "This is it. We have a guy <laughs> who's going to shut out the Devils like they shut us out all those times." Like that failed. I have a really irrational fondness for Antero Nitamaki because I was at a Philadelphia Phantoms Hershey Bears game in Hershey. I forget what year it was, but Nitty had a overtime game-winning goal against the Bears in that game, and it was like the craziest thing I've ever seen in my oh, life. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, it was awesome. And so from that day forward, I just decided that I loved Antero Nunamaki. It's it sucks that he didn't work out, but like he was never, I don't think, meant to be a super good goaltender. Uh, my favorite, I got to talk about Marty Biron because yes. uh, my buddy, my buddy Frank, big listener to the show, Frank, uh, your fellow Udell alum. Um, <laughs> uh, it was uh, Marty, it, Danny Briere's first game, like back in Philly, the back with a vengeance season. Mm. Uh, it's my first game attending since pre lockout. Oh wow! Like I was like, oh yeah, you went away for a little while, so am I. <laughs> uh, so I was like excited. We tailgate the thing. We have a good time. Uh, Jason Smith scores the empty netter, his only goal of the season to to end the game. We're all pumped. And my buddy said, I got to get a Briere shirt, man. We're going and getting a Briere shirt. It's like, all right. After the game, he goes into the pro shop, uh, sees like a, a name that starts with a B and a number four. <laughs> And just grabs it. He's all shit-faced. He's like, yeah, goes and pays for it. I'm just watching him. I wait for him to pay. He puts it on. I go, buddy. (laughs) You realize it's a Marty Biron shirt, right? He goes, no. Like, yeah. He's like, I'm not even returning it. (laughs) I'm sticking with it. And that was like our good luck shirt from from then on. We were like, got to have Marty B. That is a fun story. Man, I'm trying to. uh, Who else is on this list? Who else is is super random that I always liked? Let's Man, see. I just see I just see Cal Picard, and I'm like, dear God. I always forget about him. Remember Jeff Hackett? Oh, Jeff Hackett, man. If it wasn't for... Uh, the, he had the spins, what, what right? Vertigo or yeah, something? Yeah, Vertigo. Yeah. He had like 10 shutouts to start that season. <laughs> if, it, I always, if it wasn't for Hackett going down, I always said we would have won the cup that year, even though we got like better goaltending <laughs> by the numbers after he, you know, after he got hurt. Uh, oh, God. Neil Little. I fucking love Neil Little. Neil Little got in the best goalie fight I've ever seen. Ever. Uh, it was fly. It was Phantoms Bears at the Spectrum, uh, round two of the '97 AHL uh, Calder Cup playoffs. Okay. The best fight I've ever seen. Like it was just. It was like a an awesome version of the uh, of the Flyers Senators brawl. Ah, okay. Like if all those fights were good. Um, <laughs> And then finally, the Bears goalie like comes down and challenges Little, and like he he kind of just plays off like oh, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> he like slowly takes off his equipment and then just beats the dude to death. 
like it was like the, it was like the striptease scene uh, with Ned Braden and Slapshot. Like he's like undressing slowly, okay, and then just fucking hammered the dude. He was it good was for that. Awesome. Like, and he he's been in multiple fights. I yeah. always I always had an affinity for Little. I loved, loved him. I mean, I the whole like that whole era of Phantoms teams. I always like every single one of those guys is like super has a super special place in my heart because that's was that's really I really learned to love hockey was Phantoms games. Because they were so cheap and yeah. you could go constantly, and they were awesome and fun. But like, yeah, Neil Little, yeah, I love him. I like him a lot. I'm trying to uh, Cal Heater, man. I was at that one. Oh game. god, I forgot about him. I was him. at that one game he played. That was the, uh, I believe that's the Giroux overtime against the Blackhawks. Mm. That uh, that awesome like couple seconds left. Maxime. Oh my god, um, Maxime Wallet. Yep. I'm remembering how pissed off I was when they traded him for Adam Oates because I was convinced. He was going to be something. Gene uh, Mark Peltier for me because I was again. I liked him Phantoms too. fan. Yep. He made the All Star game in '99, which was at the center. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, man, it has to be Carter Hart. That's the it's point of this be. segment. Yeah. Back to Carter Hart. Um, We've just, suffered a lot. It has to be. It has to be there's, him. There's no. If it's not him, it's they ne- need to just play with an empty net. Yeah. Just play with six guys. If it's I not him, know. we have to accept that we're going to have to win a cup, like with you know. Anti Niemi. No, like, that's it, it's the way it's going to have yeah. to be mm-hmm. a literal dynasty of everybody except the goalie, and we got to hope for a Chris Osgood type performance. Yeah, like that's that's all. That's it, right? It's Carter Hart or nothing else. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how. Yeah, it's got to be. I just really hope. I really, really no pressure, really, Carter. Yes, happy twenty first birthday. Yeah, friend uh, of the enjoy, pod, Carter Hart. Enjoy yourself. I just, I just really hope that um, the fan base and the media. Give him like a nice long leash. You know, I'm um, I, I I've been worried about like if he comes out and gives up six in the opener, what yeah, are we what, what are we gonna do? But I'll tell you something. I be, he's our guy now, yeah. and I'm watching something unfold for maybe the first time. Um, Bryce Harper, man, we everyone was so about him in this town, and he came out and listen. I still love him. But there's no doubt his performance to this point has been at least somewhat disappointing. Um, people aren't crazy about criticizing him. They are mm. protecting the guy. He's ours. It's a long-term relationship. He signed that 13-year deal. Carter Hart is this franchise savior, and everyone believes, like we believe, it's not him, it's nobody. Yeah. I think we're actually going to give him that leash. I hope so. It'll I, be like Gritty. Other people... Can't talk shit like we can talk shit. Yeah. on Carter Hart, but the second anyone else does, we're no. going to. Yeah, kill no, him. I'll I'll take a bullet for Carter Hart. I'm just gonna. He's he's gonna be good. He's gonna be good. Has to be. It's gonna be. All right, Kelly. Someone actually suggested this. Oh God. And I was like, No, that's stupid. I'm not doing it. Because it's so far away, and then it ends up in the uh, in the outline because it's actually topical because Matt Larkin of the Hockey News is doing a series looking ahead, looking into the future to the 2021 expansion draft. Uh, and the Flyers came up in his series. I guess he's going in alphabetical order. He finally got to the Flyers. So I caved and said, okay, let's look ahead two years to the stupid God. freaking expansion oh, draft. God. Um, I hate this expansion draft so much. Just looking at this is what Larkin thinks the Flyers will be protecting, and he just he kind of he lays out some ground rules like 
anyone who's a free agent stays with the team, or if they're a free agent that year, like they leave, like uh, like a Justin Braun who's going to be gone anyway. Yeah. It doesn't factor into the equation. So we look at uh, under the seven three, the seven forward three D one G format. Who the Flyers could potentially protect in this upcoming two years from now expansion draft, uh, and it's pretty uh, it's pretty chalk. Uh, Giroux, Hayes, Couturier, Patrick, JVR, Konechny, Voracek. See, I'm I'm really glad that you pulled out of this article the thing that stuck out to me the most, which was that he calls the Voracek thing a tough decision. Yeah. I feel like in two years, leaving Jake Voracek and his enormous contract unprotected is not a tough decision for me. Yeah, on the back end, he has Sanheim, Provorov, Ghost, and of Easy, course, yeah. Annette Hart. Um, sh- we'll see how this all shakes out and who's on the team two years from now. But It's hilarious um, to me that under notable exposures, he put Robert Haig. Yeah. Is it? I, is it? He's got the games played. Yeah, That's, he's got right. the games played. That's If he's still but, here yeah, in notable, two years, I'm going to be very upset. Notable exposures are Lindblom and Haig. Um, but he has the tough decision. It's like, uh, do you play the game? And obviously, two different uh, two different comparisons because, you know, McDonald actually bad. Jake Voracek actually good. But they say they didn't protect McDonald because... His contract was its own protection. Right. Will Seattle, with I think three years left on the uh, on the Voracek deal at that point, want his eight point two five million dollar cap hit until twenty twenty four, or just be like, give us Hay, give us Moran, take a young player? I at this point right now, I would just think we're going to make some sort of trade to protect everybody. Yeah. But the idea, the only, the one interesting thing here is the idea of maybe exposing a Voracek to be able to protect a Lindblom. And, I mean, even if this if this draft was happening this year, I think I would probably do that. Just this because, year? Like McDonald, his contract does provide some level of protection. But from, he is really good still. He That's, is really good. I don't want to get worse. I don't know what it is about Voracek. He's like the guy that I can acknowledge that he's super good. And I can acknowledge the value that he brings to this lineup, but I would also not be terribly upset if he wasn't on this team. No, anymore. I don't have the... Um, and I don't know how we'd replace his production, Yeah, but in my mind, I'm like, eh, it's fine. Yeah, I don't have the attachment to him that yeah. I do like Couturier and Giroux and stuff, but I realize this team is worse without Jake Voracek. I guess it depends. Like, what if what if Joel Farabee is like the real deal and he's on the team next season? Then... Why not have six good wingers I mean, instead true. of fucking five? I know, I know. <laughs> that's like, yes, I, I, more more good players. Yeah, is like good. I want. Yeah. More, that's the like everyone who complains about the Hayes contract. I'm like, okay, here are your options. We <laughs> overpay by one year and one million dollars, or we continue with not enough good players and have an 85 point season. I like. I, I those are your two options. I'll overpay one guy. That you know, that's just my that's my that's my take on the ordeal, and I I just want I'm tired of watching the Dale Weeses of the world. Yeah, I'm tired. Oh yeah, we'll just fill in with Raffle. No, no, no. If someone goes down, I want Farabee in the top six. Yep. Not goddamn Scott Lawton, and I like Scott Lawton. Like him a lot. Excellent on my fourth line. Six. Exactly. Like, Put him down there. Awesome there. Way to go. But yeah, I, I, I'm interested. It will be interesting when the time comes to see what they do because this roster is so, like, we have some veterans and a bunch of them are on good contracts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have these young players we definitely don't want to lose because we've invested all this time. 
And we have guys like Drew with no movement clauses, and he's the captain and one of the best players in franchise history, so he's not going anywhere. Yeah, it's definitely a much tougher situation for the Flyers to navigate than it was for the Vegas draft. But yeah, if I'm them, I'm like... Yo, here's a first in Sam Moran. Leave yeah, us alone. Leave us alone. Like, you want? It's a first round pick. Come on. Like we have a yeah. lot of we have a lot of guys though. That's the one thing is we have a lot. It's not they're gonna and that's something he points out in this article. We might not lose a substantial player, but we'll lose someone better than uh, like Belmar. Oh yeah, for sure. We're gonna lose somebody that is valuable to this team, but I don't think it's going to be like a team breaker. We're not gonna lose Jonathan March or so. No. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, we're not going to give them much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and someone else. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. What, that, that was, that, that's like, still funny. That people are like, oh, my God, well, if they have the same rules as Vegas, it's so advantageous. I'm like, it's not the rules' fault that GMs are dumb. Yep. Like, hey, we have uh, the players. But, like, imagine saying... Uh, we have two jacks and a queen. We're just gonna give you the two jacks. Like, no, that's dumb. <laughs> it, that's dumb. Don't do that. Like, I, I and that's not even what they did. They were like, we have two jacks and a four here. We really love this four. We like the four. Like, I, I, it was just so. I goddamn, feel straight coming. The way Florida, the way some teams handled that expansion yeah, it was, draft, it was, was the stupidest shit I ever saw. Like, yes, Vegas did a good job finding guys like William Carlson. Way to go on that. But they didn't need to be nearly. Uh, they didn't have to have. Nah. My God. They got a lot of luck. All right. So anyway. Meltzer, our boy Meltzer, not Dave Meltzer. Uh, William. <laughs> Bill Meltzer. Uh, he's hinting that a rookie will end up at the three at the third right wing. Okay, spot. so I wrote that sentence. Okay. To you be, wrote it. To be fair. To be fair. We haven't done this enough. <laughs> I know. For we have it. People are really expecting. Uh, it was more. like it's supposed to be an hour of Trailer Park on, Boys and Letterkenny yeah, references. I went, on, I went on a bachelor <laughs> party this weekend, and like I brought a bunch of snacks, and I have like all this, uh, this like just prepackaged pepperoni. Just, I was like, <laughs> just, I was just like throwing them around. I was like pepperoni dicks for everybody. I got cocks of pepperoni. Who wants cocks of pepperoni? People are like, you mean like sticks? I'm like, yeah, pepperoni dicks. <laughs> Like, and this was just me for three days. People were like, "Why are you throwing? What are you talking? Why are you throwing pepperoni around?" I was like, "Well, because it's hilarious." Yeah, because that's like, why. Like one guy in my group who watches Trailer Park Boys the way we do is <laughs> laughing his ass off, and everyone was like, "Can just go to bed? It's four a.m. Stop throwing pepperoni at me." But yeah, anyway. So, so yeah, okay. To to be fair. To be fair. He doesn't actually say someone will say that this is going to happen. But in my mind, when the official voice of the team writes an article like this, that's the, the reality of it becomes more, you know, likely for me. That's the it's the uh, I respect the hell out of Meltzer. Yeah. Uh, not to disparage like a Dave Spadaro, but he is much more head of Eagles propaganda than Meltzer is. Yeah. Just a propagandist for the Flyers. I mean, like if Karch- he is, but yeah. he, like you know, if- I, when he's writing, I'm agreeing. When he's yeah. writing something like this, you go, oh, hmm, interesting. Wonder who gave him that? Yeah, must be a thing that people are actually considering in a serious way. Yeah, it's not like you know, if Karchidi wrote this, I might be like, oh, well. And when you look right. at how, like we've talked a million times, this roster shakes out. Yep, it's a spot in the top nine, sitting there. Waiting. Uh, the one issue for me, uh, in terms of um, in terms of why a rookie won't make this spot, and it's something real stupid because you can always mix and match lines and coaches oh, no. do all the time. 
do you foresee, even though Vigneault is not um, Dave Haxtell, do you foresee an NHL head coach putting together an Oscar Lindblom, Nolan Patrick, Joel Farabee slash Morgan Frost third line? God, no, I don't. No, right? No, yeah. Right? But, like, here's the thing. So it's Vigneault's job to put together lines, but it's Fletcher's job to give him the pieces by which he builds his lines. And if those, if he gives him those good pieces, he's going to have to figure the fuck out. Mostly in my head, I don't want JVR and Patrick together because they didn't look no. good together. Mm-mm. But Nolan Patrick could just become what he was supposed to become yeah. and everything's fine. It doesn't matter who the hell's on his line. He's good. Maybe. So I would be, it's a possibility. It's sure. absolutely a possibility. I'm not in love with Nolan Patrick Mm-mm. at this point, but like I said, the 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 best case scenario of the of the Hayes contract is he's the most overpaid three C in the league. That's yeah. the best case scenario because that means Nolan Patrick became what he was supposed Good to. Good news, folks. Yeah. So I'm not ruling it out. I just in my mind the way the roster is put together. That kind of hurts it. But again, fair. like JVR could just play with Nolan Patrick and not look like shit because now Nolan Patrick's had two years in the league and he's good. Yeah. Like that could be a thing. Could be. You know, I'm just. I'm or maybe always... everybody plays a little bit better because they're not being beaten down by the coaching yeah, staff. Yeah. When you hear about, I mean, we could tell. You, you could know. see that they were miserable. Yeah. Well, like there was a brief period after he was gone after big bad dave was gone after carter hart came up and before wayne simmons got traded where things seemed to be trending up mm-hmm. in all categories just yep. overall morale effort level etc yeah. yeah and then it fell off again it did um we'll see yeah. if you know the ch- com- now it's a complete regime change yep and everyone's had time with everybody so we'll see if that part of the team improves. I would just freaking love to see one of these kids make this team. I'm so excited. It would be so so different. It would be so different about one of these guys making it so soon. Yeah. I guess TK did it year two. Yeah. There's just, there's just so much. Provorov and TK were both year two, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There's just so much potential for good heading into the season. And I know nobody wants to hear about it because everyone wants to be miserable still, but honestly, it's just like, it can't get worse. It just can't. That's uh, someone was like, "Hey, give us an all positive episode." I was like, "I feel like I've been doing that." We like, listen. I we've acknowledge been generally positive. I acknowledge there's a best and a worst case scenario mm-hmm. here, but I, like right now, I'm not super optimistic. But I think things. I'm pretty are, optimistic. I think things are going to go well. Like Carter Hart, man. Yeah, Carter Hart. That's the thing that people keep forgetting. If we had had him all season last year, yeah. they would have made the playoffs. Yeah, if they just have like a decent goalie. Yeah. He doesn't even have to be lights out. No, that's he's 21. Yeah, just like, be good. He, all he has to do is be good. Yeah. We haven't had good in a while. Mm-mm. Every time, Not consistently. Every time freaking Brian Elliott has been good, we've started him a whole month in a row, and then he's gotten hurt, and it's like, Cal Pickard, go ahead, kid. Like, you know, Mike <laughs> McKenna, go give him what you got. Uh, but I'm going to end here with uh, literally anything else. Yay! Uh, real fast, Tyrell Goldborn signed a two-year deal uh, like on July 1st yeah, nobody with the Vegas Golden Knights. And somebody on our website... Uh, on Jared the, from Delaware. Yeah, Jared from Delaware in the fan posts pointed it out today. And I honestly had no idea. Uh, so way to go, Tyrell. I hope you break into the league Yay! and do a good job. I've always been a Goldborn fan. Uh, of course, it was a silly pick at the time. Yeah. Uh, but I just like the kid. I like... Seems uh, like a good kid man that first shift 
<laughs> That's some Mike Richards in the playoffs against the Habs stuff. All right, slow down. Hey, it happened. All right, All right it happened. <laughs> uh, but yeah, literally anything else. And this is some stuff. We'll see how long we go here. But Dan Knightley uh, wants to know, space, how the fuck does it work? Why doesn't Earth just stop spinning for one second and kill us all? Dan, it should. You yeah. would think if Earth had a brain, uh, it would be like, I got to get rid of these assholes. Like, just shake around and get yeah. them off. Just yeah. like, like fleas. Yeah, just like take a breath. I don't know how any of it works, but I think that's what makes it so cool. I don't I think love it's space. probably not real. I mean, this is chances a are this is computer simulation. Yeah, I wouldn't so. doubt it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Brian Coulter, uh, give me a 60 second summary of something you like and or passionate about that oh, listeners God. may not know. And I'm going to add this with somebody who asked for podcast wrestling, uh, recommendations, socialist hockey guy. And I'm going to use this opportunity to plug, plug, plug my wrestling yes. podcast. You can find it on 94wip.com. It's on the radio.com app. It is called Smarks, S-M-A-R-K-S, and Stripes. Uh, It's me, former WWE referee Kevin Keenan and Eric Turtle Golden. And we have guests and all sorts of good wrestling uh, content. We had Vinny Curry from the Eagles on. He's a huge wrestling fan. We did that just earlier today. Uh, We've had Baron Corbin. We've had Voice of of SmackDown, Tom Phillips, uh, John Morrison from Impact Wrestling. So we've had all sorts of really great guests. It's a lot of fun. Like I said, former WWE official. If you're a wrestling fan, check it out. We're trying to grow this thing. Give you boys some love. Yeah, I know a lot of you like wrestling because wrestling takes over my timeline every single time it's happening. It's never not on. Yeah. And if you don't listen to this podcast, we don't want to talk to you anymore. So keep that in mind. Kelly, if you were grounded a superpower, this is from Brian Knight, uh, a superpower of your choice, what would uh, your superpower be? How quickly would you use it for evil? Because I would use it immediately for evil. Absolutely only evil and personal gain. All the things I did that might like be a help would Mm -hmm. be pure coincidence. Yeah, I would say uh, like invisibility because you could steal a lot of shit. Yeah, pretty easily that Superhuman way. Superhuman strength, just like yeah, yeah. Uh, telekinesis, just to move the cars on the road out of my Ooh, way. Oh, that would be cool. That would be awesome. Uh, and this is from Ben Timo. Would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or one hundred duck-sized horses? I feel like every this is like this such is an a, easy yeah. answer for me. It's always one hundred duck-sized horses. Yeah. You can because just, you could just kick them. Yeah, and what is it going to do to you? What the fuck are you going to do with a giant duck? Like how hard does how hard does it kick? You know, it's yeah, it's, it's a, a horse, horse, but it's a little guy. You just what pick him up d- and throw them. Like, what does a duck weigh? Not a lot. Yeah, like twelve pounds. If that at most, you could boot a duck. But a giant duck could like eat you. This is like uh, people are. Oh my god, you would kick a duck? Like yes, yes if it was a fight. Yeah, like, we were fighting. Like, I have to win the fight. Last week when I said off air, if I could punch anybody, it would be a baby. <laughs> And, like, listen, this is, yes, I understand what would happen if I punched a baby. Not literally. I'm just saying, like, if you were to get, how, like, <laughs> when you say there are no consequences, I'm assuming this means I don't go to jail for murder. No. Like, you would just destroy a baby. You would just be like, pow, one Stop punch it. and you'd win. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Stop it dead in its tracks. Yeah, come on, baby. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's, so um, that's, we got weird at the end. That's I'm, the I'm proud of it. That's the number one Philadelphia Flyers podcast. Unless, in case you were wondering, this was BSH Radio, the only Flyers. Yeah, podcast. the only Flyers podcast. Thank you all. <laughs> Stephanie will like that one. 
Uh, I hope you're enjoying. Uh, I hope you're enjoying Australia stuff. Yeah, Charlie, you're at some hipster concert right no, now. No, he's in Florida. Oh, he's in Florida. Yeah, I thought he was at a concert. All right, that makes, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know. You never know with Charlie. That's all the time we have for you on BSH Radio. Thank you all so much for joining. Thanks for hanging out. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and uh, give us all those good reviews. Thumbs up. Tell your friends. All that stuff. Till next time. My name is Bill Matz for Kelly Hinkle. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs>